We are live and we are in. Guys, thank you guys so much for joining us. This is the Cash Geeks Network. Every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, like clockwork, we're bringing a lot of value to you guys about real estate in every aspect, whether allegedly. it's wholesaling, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> whether it's wholesaling, flipping, the retail side, private money lending. Uh, we're coming at you in a lot of different ways with a lot of variables, and we're here to all learn from each other and try to give as much value as possible to you guys. So in the meantime, guys, I'm Dom. And I'm G. And guys, this is the Cash Geeks Network. And thanks for taking that on for me. I appreciate that. Featuring Hayden Vance. Featuring Hayden Vance. And tonight we have our extra, extra special guest and a great friend of ours, Mr. Glenn Friedman. And Glenn Friedman is a professional also in a lot of different aspects of real estate. Yeah, professional is a tough word. It's a tough word. Yeah, it's a tough, it's word. A tough word, <laughs> yeah. but it's tough to swallow. But you know, that's the way we look at you, Glenn. I appreciate that. Um, especially Airbnb and private money lending. And you've had, have you done a couple of other things? Have you flipped a little, whatever? Not not well, but I, no, have, uh, I have I have flipped a little. <laughs> but I've done it enough to know that it's really not my forte, and it's not something I really want to do on a regular basis. The people who who flip, and you know, so quick story. Yeah, I I, uh, I loan money to a woman who's flipping a house and I walk in the house the first time and it's a horror show. And I'm like, Gah. and I walked into the house close to when it was You're done. You're not the flipper. She's I'm the not flipper. the flipper. She's okay. the flipper. And I walked into the house close to when it was done and I was like, she is fantastic. Because mm. like, you know, when you walk in, it's like, she has a skill set I'm never going to have. Really? So, mm. It's great. Okay. And that, that was before you tried to flip a property? Or? No, no, that, that's, that's uh, over the last couple of years, you, know, you, you really get to see who knows what they're doing. Uh, okay. When, when you loan money to flippers. So right. you've tried flipping. You didn't do it well. Then you had the experience of seeing her flip, and you're like, "Wow, she's got that skill." Right. And you and you find people who have a great skill set, and you try to you help them out. Right. 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 So, for those people that don't know what you do, um, can you just explain a little bit about what you're actively doing right now um, as your investment strategies, and then we'll go back into how you got there. Sure, so I have two businesses. Uh, I, I moved down to Jacksonville three years ago. Uh, wanted to get involved in real estate, didn't really know what. Uh, three years later, uh, I have a portfolio of Airbnbs. I own 15 Airbnbs as of today. Mm. Um, used I, to be 16 used to be until 16. recently. I sold two recently, <laughs> bought, you know, put another one on the market, hope to have 20 by the end of the year, uh, mm. and then have to decide whether or not 20 is the number or 30 is the number or 40 is the number, and that's that's always one of the questions as to you know, how many makes for the right number. Uh, and then I have another business where we lend money privately to flippers. So effectively, people who want to flip houses don't have the funds. They need to go out privately. You know, what options do they have? You know, they're not going to go to a bank because banks don't lend on houses that are not rent, you know, rent ready or on right. the MLS. So they look for private <clears throat> lenders. So the, the options of private lenders and private lenders to me are family and friends who are willing to give you loans at reasonable rates or, or good rates. Uh, and then there are hard money lenders. And a hard money lender is somebody right. who lends based on the asset. So I have a portfolio of loans, generally only in the Jacksonville area and surrounding areas where I loan money, fa friends and family money myself, or I do split loans with people, and we lend to flippers. Mm. So how many loans do you, if you don't mind sharing, how many loans do you have out right now? Uh, I can have anywhere between 30 and 50 loans at a time. 30 and 50 Jeez. at a time. Yeah. So... Uh, have you lent for a year straight, for 12 months straight? I've lent for longer than that. For longer I didn't than mean that. to lend for longer than that because most of the loans that we do are six-month loans. So the whole idea is that you want to lend lend on the – and different lenders have different criteria on how much they're willing to lend as, as a percentage of the value of the house. 
Okay. Ideally, you want to what's called turn your money. And the idea of turning your money is I want to lend money to you. I want to have you pay me back fairly quickly, and I want to lend it out again. Right. And the reason and the reason you want to do that is because every time you lend out the money, you make an origination fee. An origination right. fee is just the fees to do the loan, to do the docs, to do the due diligence. And we generally charge 2% of the loan amount. So on a $100,000 loan, mm -hmm. we lend you $100,000 know, uh, to purchase the house. And at the closing, when you're buying the house, you write me a check for $2,000. That's an origination fee. And then we get interest from that day forward. Gotcha, gotcha. I didn't mean um, a year per loan. So I'd meant, have you been lending for at least a year? I've, I've been lending for three years. For you know, three that, years. You know, one, one, of, one of the uh, early things I did at, at, when I moved down to Jacksonville is I went to lots and lots of meetings, heard about a lot of different people doing a lot of things in real estate. And one of the things they were doing was lending money. And I was fortunate that I had some funds <clears throat> you know, from coming down from New York. And I literally stood up at a meeting and said, I, I have some money <laughs> if anybody wants to borrow some money. And you know, I met a nice couple who they said, yeah, we, you know, we'd love to you know, borrow money from you. I gave them a, a, a nice rate. And I just asked him, you know, can I just follow you around and kind of learn the process of flipping? And oh, he was like, awesome. great. What, so, what, what gave you the courage to do that? Did you, have you been to like 10 or 20 meetings prior? You met people and you felt comfortable with potentially lending on a property? Or like what? I, I guess the comfort comes from, I, I used to trade stocks in New York. Okay. Uh, and everything is risk reward. How much risk, how much reward. Okay. So, and you know, as you, as you get more comfortable with it, you, you could take more risk. But in this situation, you know, he showed, the, he showed me a property that he wanted to borrow a hundred thousand uh, dollars. He was going to rehab it for another 50,000 and then sell it for 200,000. Okay. So I thought my risk was pretty, pretty moderate, you know, for a house with an after repair value of 200, if I'm only loaning 50%, that seemed you know, pretty reasonable. Right. Uh, and it turned out he sold for 220. And, nice. uh, and it was it was a great deal, and it was a great process to learn how he did things, and I got to meet a lot of his contractors. Uh, hmm. But it, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. I, I wound up doing it, but like I said, not right. well. Wait, would you still do that same loan in that same scenario with those same projections today? Every day of the week. Every day. Every of day, the week. day of the week. That's so perfect. I mean, that's right. why we brought you on. Right. You know, gen generally, private lenders want to be, or hard money lenders want to be at a max percentage of about 65 or 70 percent of the after repair value okay. so if you think about it on a, including on a, repairs in, including repairs so two hundred thousand dollar house the most i ever want to lend to you is one hundred and forty thousand. because god forbid you go out and get hit by a bus i have to get the house back not only that but the house is not going to be in sellable shape i need to finish the house and there are selling costs and all the other things and the goal for a private lender is always the same goal how do i get my money back Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter to me how much I make on it. I'm going to make money on interest, but the rule, the first rule, the second rule, all the rules is the same. How do I get my money back? Right. Because it's like you know, when I was in my 20s, you know, I had a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt, and you know, you know, didn't sleep well, and you know, when when you finally pay that off and you're able to build some assets, you know, I've been poor and I've been not poor, and I prefer being not not poor now. And uh, and it's much more important for me to keep my money. Than it is to worry about where my next you know money is coming from right got it right. got it got it so that could have went entirely differently you could have a, a bad lending experience mm. and your road would have not gotten you to where you are today no doubt potentially. no doubt uh, one of the great things about real estate and especially about the jacksonville market is i mean everybody's very welcoming down here but when i first moved down you know i would just i was gainfully unemployed so i didn't really have anything to do so i literally go to meetings you know as much as possible and just kind of meet with people meet with coffee what do you do? You know, what do you think is interesting about the market? What would you do again? One of the questions I always like asking is, if you if you had to do it again, would you do the same thing? 
And if not, where would you go? And try to kind of understand where they came from. Interesting. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the best way. Like, fortunately, you were able to do it that way. So is that what gainfully unemployed is? Unemployed, but on good terms? <laughs> so, I mean, gainfully unemployed is is you're at an age where you really don't want to go work for somebody else anymore. It's like I've been an entrepreneur for almost my whole life. Okay. And it's hard. You know, as you get older, you just kind of get more set in your ways. So the idea of what, what am I going to do? You know, go, go get a nine to five job making $15 an hour to start and figure out what to do. But I was fortunate enough that I had some assets and I could deploy them and figure out my path. Right. All right. So I want to talk about what made you who you are, like before you got into the real estate game, right? Because you were just hinting at you got into the real estate game, but you were already used to taking risks and calculating risk versus reward. Um, and you had some assets, right? So like, what are some of the things that you feel like in that past life made you successful in real estate? Well, I'm, I'm from New York. So I was born and raised in New York. Um, <clears throat> now I was fortunate that I got a, you know, got a taste of entrepreneurship really young. I wound up working for a chain of comic book stores in New York mm. uh, and when I was a teenager. And the owner of the business was nice enough to you know, see in me a work ethic and he put me in charge of like the back issue of comic books at you know, age 15 years old. And my job was literally to go out across the country and buy comic books, mark them up and sell them and just kind of keep track of, of uh, you know, how well they're doing. And you know, he would show me that you know, the comic, the back issue department used to do 2,000 a week, now it does 4,000 a week or 6,000 a week. And really just kind of got my juices going about the idea that you could work for yourself and kind of make it on your own. Oh, so awesome. after college, you know, I went back to work for, for that company for a few years and then at my high school reunion, I had a friend who you know, told me that uh, he was trading. He was trading stocks at the time, and he said, "You, you would be really good at this." Uh, but the funny part is, you know, he tried to get me an interview, and he couldn't get me an interview. Uh, and it was only because I knew somebody in the back office who worked, who I knew from college, that she got me an interview. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so the company only hired sports athletes from Ivy League schools. Yeah, this is a. It was a day trading company in New York City. Yeah, they did big money. So I was you know, fortunate enough to get an opportunity there. And you know, most of the people I worked with were, were 20, 21, 22, and, you know, no jobs. And I was 28 at the time. Uh, and I just, just worked harder than most people. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I just knew that you know, here's an opportunity. And a lot of people tried it. It wasn't for everybody. The pressure is intense. Uh, but when, when the going was good, it was nothing better. Uh, mm. Just you know, the amount of money you could make you know, trading stocks is just unbelievable. The downside, of course, is you, know, you could lose a lot of money. And you kind of learn how to how to balance risk and reward. Uh, but here's a job where you could make ten thousand dollars in a day and go home furious, right. uh, because right. you know the guy next to you made twenty five thousand dollars, and you're like, well, he's not any smarter than I am. Like, why did he do it? Right. So it's a whole trying to manage your emotion at the same time managing risk. So mm. it, was a, it was a ton mm. of learning, uh, and I did that for eight years, you know, until that uh, you know, stopped being fun and stopped making money. And then I wound up you know, having my own franchise for ten years. What we did is we did a a franchise called Cartridge World. It was remanufactured printer cartridges, which was green and great. And you know, could, people would like to refill their ink cartridges and 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 buy remanufactured ink cartridges to help the environment. And eventually, you know, it was good for some years. And then you know, Amazon came and you know, crushed the margins. And uh, and and I always joke that you know, my next business, I, I don't want to compete with Amazon. So I wanted to do something that doesn't compete with Amazon. Makes so sense. when so when I moved down here, I had always had a uh, a love of real estate. Yeah, you know, I had done some syndications back when I was trading stocks as a very passive income. So I came down here. Let, let, let's oh, see what real estate's like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't just say 
I did, I did some syndications. Sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, syndications are as passive as they come. So right. syndications are... You so know, you just and, you threw money in. Right, that. so yeah, somebody okay. I knew, somebody I knew was getting involved with syndications. He's like, yeah, you get know, 10% return here. You know, here's mm -hmm. 25, 50 grand. You know, we wound up putting a couple hundred grand in it. Uh, and it turned out to be not that great. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, uh, but it was, it was fine. Eventually we got, we got our money back, but it was, there were times where we could have lost it all. Right. So, yeah. so for most people watching, they probably know what a syndication is, but there's probably a handful that might be questioning what it is. Right. Can so you explain to the sure. public? Sure. So a syndication is uh, somebody wants to buy an apartment building. They don't have enough money. They raise capital with a bunch of other people's money. They put it together. They pull their money together and they syndicate. One person is the general partner. He makes all the decisions. Everybody else just puts their money in passively. They're the limited partners. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to get a preferred return of 6%, 8%, 10% a year. Eventually, the, the asset... The apartment building, the goal is to kind of upgrade it over the next five years, raise the rents, eventually sell the asset or refinance, and then you get your money back. Right. Mm -hmm. it's very, very common these days. Uh, you know, right now, I'm involved in a syndication with one of the guys in Bigger Pockets, Matt Faircloth from New Jersey. Oh, and awesome. you know, he's done he's done a number of syndications, some oh, better than others. He's a go, bro. There you go. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a quick question because for the last three minutes, you've talked about that journey and you kind of brushed over it really quick but what i'm curious about is you you've had some good experiences maybe some not so good experiences in the day trading and you decided to get into a franchise so what drove you in that direction that's a great question and you know, looking back on it was it the right decision at the, was it the right decision you know, I, I i try not to look back and you know regret things right. it's like I, I you don't have enough time in your life to worry about regrets it's like right, right, you right. make a decision it's the best decision at the time Later on, maybe I could have made a different decision. But okay. at the time, after trading, I wanted my own business. I hired a consultant to bring me different business ideas. And one of them was this franchise. And the franchise made a lot of sense. It was both B2C, business to consumer, B2B, business to business. Theoretically, everybody had printers. Right. You know, it was green. It was new. It was it was popular. Okay, yeah, sounds like a great idea. And, and they I, had a history of projections. Yeah, and I, I, they were a fairly new franchise out of Australia. You know, they had couple hundred stores. Eventually they had 2000 stores. Wow. You know, I had, I had three stores in New York, but uh, it was a, it was a success, but not a, not a success at the level that I had experience with trading. And eventually it just, it wasn't as lucrative and it was right. you know, time to move on. And then you sold that. Oh, so that that consultant experience, you hired a consultant to bring you those ideas. <laughs> That's amazing. That's but, fantastic. Where do you find a consultant for that? Yeah. So, uh, it's, so it's hard to how believe, is but, that experience? but there, are, there are people out there who literally get paid by franchises to sell franchises to people who again you go you go online it's like you know own my own business sell your house fast it's amazing right, what Google yeah, Search will do yeah, yeah, so yeah. own my own business and then okay so they have ads they're like you hire them you don't pay them anything in yeah effectively they're franchise consultants okay, right. and they they go out and ex Jeez. explore different franchises and then based on what you're looking for what kind of hours you're looking to do what kind of lifestyle you're looking to live whether or not or you want yeah. food so we kind of narrow down different things. Oh, that's and it works. Makes a lot Dude, of sense. Awesome. Makes a lot. It's like a very passive form of investing, so it makes sense that. Or no, no, because most franchises, and and even though the franchise world will tell you that 90 percent of franchises survive five years, versus ninety percent of independent businesses fail, what they don't tell you is that the vast majority of franchises are are just a job. So right. when you have one Subway franchise or one this franchise, it's it's a job. You're making. 30 grand, 50 grand, 80 grand, whatever you're making, you're not making right. a, you're not making a million dollars. You know, to right. make a million dollars, you need to own four McDonald's or 
you know, 10 hair cutting places, stuff like that. Right. And that's fine. You know, people do it, but the vast majority do not. Right. Hmm. Right. So you were day trading, hired a consultant. He presented you X amount of ideas. You chose one. And how many years did you own about the cartridge? Ten, ten years I owned the, uh, the cartridge. It's a great run. Yeah. It's a great run. And you sold mm -hmm. it. Now you, you're yeah. here in Jacksonville. Yeah, as, as my wife would say, I get kind of bored after five or 10 years of everything. So uh, so I kind of got, got to move on to something else. So I come down here. You know, My wife's family lives down in the Jacksonville area. So we moved down here. Mm -hmm. we, we lived in Manhattan for 25 years. So you know, we didn't. You know, when somebody said, you, you cut your own lawn, I said, well, we didn't have a lawn for 25 years. How do you cut your own lawn? <laughs> so uh, I don't cut my own lawn. We, we hire somebody to do that. Yeah. So, smart, so one smart. of the things we were talking about earlier before we came on the show was You've always been interested in real estate. So, at what pointed you in that direction? I guess just the idea of knowing somewhat about it. You know, we owned an apartment in New York. You know, I had some friends who were somewhat involved in real estate, uh, and it just—it was just intriguing to me. I didn't know that I would get involved in real estate. I just came down here and went to lots of meetings. And effectively, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And right. you know, it's just a combination of good luck, <clears throat> God's good graces. I went to I went to an Obi Dorsey event. Obi Dorsey used to do uh, these meetings at the Yacht Club. The yacht club yeah. Really nice, mm -hmm. really nice place. And uh, I walk in the room. I look around. I don't know anybody. So I see you know, I see this one guy. A couple of people shake his hand. I'm like, I'll sit next to that guy. And uh, I sit next to this guy. What do you do? So uh, he starts telling me that he's got some long term rentals. He's turning with the short term rentals, you know, Airbnbs. Like, oh, tell me about it. So we had some meetings, and eventually I said, well, Why don't you buy me a house? And uh, he was a realtor. So we wound up buying a house on the west side of Jacksonville, and the house was one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Now, is that Mark? Yeah, it is Mark. Now, oh, coming okay. from New York, you know, the idea that you could buy any house for one hundred and twelve thousand dollars is kind of shocking. Yeah. And this was a you know, that's kind your of, down payment, right? This a, it wasn't, was it wasn't like... even a down payment. So, uh, and this is a concrete block house. So, you know, Mark was kind it of, Proxima. It was Proxima. Oh, yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. No way. You guys bought the OG. <laughs> we that's crazy. The OG. So. He set it all up. He kind of let me just watch as he did it. We got our first couple of clients. And then, then the reason that it really took off is because in our second month, we had a family who were in Jacksonville who needed to be out of their house because there was some kind of mold issue. Mm -hmm. So they were supposed to stay in our house for a couple of weeks at $100 a night. <clears throat> the insurance company was paying for it. So it was a couple, their young child, and their pet. It's like, well, you can't really stay at a hotel. So the insurance company paid them $100 a night. And they were supposed to stay three weeks. And they, and they wound up staying four months. Jeez. How early yep. in on you owning Holy that property shit. did that? That happen? was our second month. Nice. So, so once, once they, so once they started, that'll saying, make me buy more Airbnbs also. Right. And you think about it, right, that, that house was only supposed to rent for a thousand bucks a month as a long-term rental. We were bringing in three thousand a month, and I turned right. to Mark and I say, "This works. We should do it again." <laughs> and, and we just slowly but surely added properties. And I would try to, you know, buy buy the property for cash and then refinance it out. Right. You know, because the goal. And the goal I've learned, and you know, it, you know, one of the things that kills me is, is when you're in real estate, and I really have drank the Kool-Aid for real estate. And Kool-Aid, I mean, real estate is wonderful because there are so many different ways to make money. But the people who are in real estate really just believe in real estate. It's kind of like Bitcoin people who just believe in Bitcoin and it's going to a million dollars. Yeah, it might go to a million dollars, might go to zero. You know, real estate's probably not going to zero. So the idea mm. of owning hard assets has really opened my eyes to the idea that the goal here is to always own assets. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the next 20 or 30 years, however long I'm gonna be around for, I'd like to just build up a, a portfolio of assets so that I can have a nice retirement income and eventually pass, you know, pass it down to my, to my heirs. Right. So, uh, so right. And just really, you know, like one of the secrets is you really need to own stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, anybody can have a job, but it's like when you own stuff, there really is nothing better than going to sleep, waking up and knowing you made money. 
-hmm. and knowing you made money with real estate where somebody else is paying down your mortgage. Like, is there anything better? Somebody else is paying down my debt. I get a, I get a loan from the bank for 30 years. Somebody else is in the house enjoying it, but paying down my debt, and eventually that that's going to be paid off. Yeah. Right. It's like, God bless, God bless America. <laughs> and uh, let, me, let me not finish that statement, but... Yeah, that's that's uh, that, that's absolutely amazing. So with your experience, because you own how many of them? 15 now? I have 15 now. Goal for 20 by the end of the year? Correct. Um, during that experience of owning Airbnbs, for people that are that also earn Air, own Airbnbs or they want to get into buying Airbnbs and they want to have that experience, what should they watch out for? Uh, what should they stay away from? There, and maybe there, that's specific well, to there, this. There are numerous ways to make money in Airbnbs. Most people think of Airbnbs, they think of the beaches, they think of Avondale and Riverside, like really nice high-end stuff. In fact, almost everybody you say, oh, I have an Airbnb, They're like, oh, the beach. Like, no, I have it on the west side of Jacksonville. They're like, west side of Jacksonville? Like, who the hell's staying at the west side of Jacksonville? And it's like, you know, where, where, where is the clientele coming from? And the clientele for my houses come from one of three things. They come from people who are visiting Jacksonville, to visit family or friends or in events. that area, right? Or, or just visiting Jacksonville and they want a, a reasonably priced place. Right. Uh, could be <clears throat> a work crews who are coming to Jacksonville that need a place to work. So that, you know, one of our one of our favorite types of clients is a blue collar company that has a project in Jacksonville. They're helping to build the Publix. They're helping to build the Amazon warehouse. They're doing something in Jacksonville, and they have blue collar workers. They need to put them in a house because mm -hmm. it'd be too expensive to put them in hotels. hotels yeah. So you know, for 150 bucks a night, you can get a, a three or four bedroom house with bath and full kitchen, and they love it. So it's a great deal. And then the other the other people are just people traveling to Jacksonville, you know, flying to Jacksonville for. So we we have a number of houses across the Navy base who need to work in the Navy base for some period of time. Right. Right. So right. we rent to military families. We rent to. Uh, workers, just it's just anybody, and it's not just people who want to stay at the beach and pay three hundred a night or seven hundred a night or a thousand a night. There's a whole niche for people who want to spend between a hundred and a hundred and seventy-five dollars a night, roughly, mm -hmm. and they just want a clean place that has nice you know, beds, three three beds, four beds, whatever. One of the one of the interesting things you you said what to look out for here in Jacksonville, you know, almost seventy percent of the Airbnbs are two bedrooms and down. So we try to we try to get three and four bedroom houses, because that's where the that's where the blue ocean is. So you said uh, by Jack's Beach is two bedrooms and that. No, no. What I'm saying is in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. In, in, in okay. Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville has between 1,200 and 1,500 Airbnbs right now, and and that's going to go up as more and more people get into Airbnb. That's always one of the questions. The question is, you know, how many Airbnbs do you want? Well, I, I don't know. What's the demand going to be like versus the supply six months from now, two years from now? More, more and more people are willing to try Airbnb now, and a lot of people who try it, you know, really enjoy it and stay with them and don't go back to hotels. They like the idea of their own space. They like the idea of a kitchen if they want to cook. They like the idea of a backyard. Right, right. Yeah, it's a really great point. Mm -hmm. So, the, so all right. So back to the original question: What should people watch out for? So that should should they stay away from houses that are a little bit too small, under a certain square footage, not enough bedrooms? Uh, I know we talked about the difference between one bath and more than one bath. Right. So what I would what I would recommend to people who want to try Airbnb, and there's two ways to get into it. One is you could buy a house and Airbnb it, or two is you can arbitrage. You could try to rent the house from somebody who owns the house, pay them rent, and then put it out on the market and try to make the spread between them. Right. Arbitraging is much less expensive, but in the end, <clears throat> you know, what are you owning? You're, you, you have a job. And, and right, maybe right. you try that out and see if the model works for you, whether or not you want to do it at the beach or whether or not you want to do it in another area. But I would go onto Airbnb and see what's the area you're looking to put your Airbnbs in and what's there? Right. So one of the people I follow 
is a woman up in the Carolinas, and she has a number of Airbnbs in, in her, what she refers to as, quote, little dinky town. And the reason they're successful is, well, there's no hotels there. So maybe the future of Airbnbs is not Jacksonville. Maybe it's Callahan and McClenny and you know, other places where there aren't hotels, but you could buy a house mm. reasonably priced, you know, three or four bedroom, and you can get a great return on your investment. And, right. and you know, what kind of return on investment people are looking at? You know, people need to be realistic. You know, as far as you know, cash on cash return, you know, my goal is 20% cash on cash return for my investment. So if I buy mm. a house for 150,000, after I refinance it out, let's assume I, I leave $30,000 in equity in the house. So I want to get a 20% return on that 30,000. And, and I've always beaten that number for the last couple of years. Awesome. So uh, that's awesome. do you mostly attain that number? Yeah. And, that's and after refining? That's, that's after, after refining and after all the expenses. So net, 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 the goal, the goal for me is 20% cash on cash return. Net, net, net. I need to make a shirt. Triple that net. Says that. net. Exactly. Net. So, so that's your goal and you've been getting that. Correct. So the question is, will I get it at 20? Will I get it at 30? Will I get it at 40? I, I'm not really sure where the end goal is. You know, one of the challenges I have is I'm just, I'm just not sure. So I'm just, I'm enjoying the process as we, as we grow the portfolio, but you know, is there any, do I need to have 25 or 30 or 50? I don't need to. I just, I enjoy, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the business wow. itself. So I'll keep doing it until I enjoy it. And if not, I'll sell, you know, sell some. I mean, I sold a couple of the Airbnbs this year because the appreciation on the house was much higher than I'd expected. So one right. of the houses I bought, I bought literally under two years ago, the house had appreciated a hundred grand. Right. It's like, I mean, a hundred grand is a lot Who of money. the suckers that bought not, that? Not, not you guys. So, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was, it's a nicer neighborhood. It was a hundred grand appreciation. The question is, you know, I'd like to take a couple of chips off the table. Right. When you go to the poker room and you win big, you like, take some chips off the table and you know, kind of feel like you're playing with the house's money. Mm. Right. So, That's a good uh, point. So you sound like a day trader right now. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so take some chips off the table and kind of redeploy the assets. Maybe I'll buy a house in a different neighborhood. Maybe I'll buy a bigger property. Or right. maybe I will lend it privately. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, Glenn, I'm glad you just said that because I was literally thinking about selling a house because I didn't like the cat. My appraisal came low, so my Basically, I have to leave money in the deal. And I'm like, ah, you just sell it and not have that happen. But I just did some math real quick. And if the 20% cash on cash, do you tier that by neighborhood or is that, are you mainly in B class? Yeah. So, I mean, most of our properties are B, B class neighborhoods. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And, right. and again, it's like, it's if you want to buy a million dollar property at the beach, you know, one of the people I know you know, has a million dollar property at the beach and you know, his per night fee is between $700 and $1,000 a night. And I'm sure they make, you know, 10 or 15 grand a month. So that, let's say they make $120,000 a year. Okay, well, uh, how much you know, How much they, they make on it? And what's the risk profile for that type of property if Airbnb were to crap out? So mm -hmm. when I first started this, you know, I always kept in the back of my mind, what happens if? So I, I try to keep my price points below $250,000 because if Airbnb does not do well or, or a ton of supply comes in the market and now all of a sudden I'm not really making money, can I turn them into long-term rentals and mm. still have some cash flow? Mm. That, right. that, so that, that's what I think in the back of my mind. So, right, so when right, you say right. some cash flow, do you have a rule for that? Or like break even, you're willing to go to if you have to? If I have to, I would go to break even, but okay. you know, thank God we haven't done that. Yeah. Obviously, the, the goal is not to break even. The goal is, uh, I don't want to do a lot of work to break even. Yeah, right. I do. <laughs> right, but when you're, when you're building, that's fine. When you're building from, from nothing, you know, as you build the first couple of properties, the hardest deal, and you guys would know this well, the hardest deal is the first deal. Right. You know, how many people do you meet who, yeah, I want to get involved in real estate. <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking for a deal. Yeah, I'm looking for a deal. They never get involved. It's like, just do a deal. It doesn't matter if you make 5000 lose 5000 right. right. you know, Just don't lose 100000 your first deal. Just 
kind of talk to people. And another thing I just love about Jacksonville is you can always reach out to people and talk and go to meetings. People love talking about real estate. They have, sure. Besides the fact that everybody loves talking about themselves, when you go to a real estate <laughs> meeting, you literally could just say, what do you do? And just shut up. Yeah. And they would just almost, talk for hours. Almost anyone, almost <laughs> anyone, and it doesn't matter how successful they are in this market, will meet you for lunch or coffee. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then yeah. even like in a lot of cases, almost almost every time someone wanted to come meet me to talk about real estate or our operation, even if I couldn't make it out to lunch, I'll have them come up here for a quick coffee right. or a lunch in the conference room during our lunch hour or something like that. <laughs> so almost anyone in this market will meet with you, which and, is amazing. And you have to just be willing to get out and put yourself out there and you have to you know, take some chances. And like I said, my first, you know, my first flip, I lost you know, whatever, $5,000 on it, but it was the best $5,000 that I, I ever spent because you know, I didn't go to fortune builders and give them $40,000 to give me a book that I'm going to put on my shelf. Then I'm going to be like, look, I put a book on my shelf for $40,000. Right. Right. It's like, I got the experience. It sucked. I lost 5,000 bucks, <throat> but now I know. There's nothing like direct getting your hands dirty experience. Nothing can replace that. That's so I, I totally agree with yeah, you. I don't really get my hands dirty, but I really hired people to do that. But uh, <laughs> Well, I didn't mean like the actual physical work. I just mean being involved in the deals, right. period. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. so I want to get into the money side. Mm-hmm. If that's how, what how, you do. How surprising. Right? Um, you so you said you can have anywhere between 30 to 50 loans out at a time. How are you managing that by yourself? An Excel spreadsheet. Excel spreadsheet. Again, I started with one. You know, you start with one loan, you get a second loan. Now all of a sudden people start asking you for money. Okay, well, I I guess I could go out and buy. And there is software. You could manage software. There there are software packages out there that I could get for managing loans. But most of my loans, I I don't have interest payments on them. So I kind of like accrue the interest as it goes on. And and I've been told, please don't do that. You should just get monthly payments. And I'm, I'm just stubborn. And and maybe eventually I'll learn my lesson and get monthly payments, but I try to lend to people who know what they're doing. Why, why, just, why do people say you should be getting that monthly? So think about it. So I loan you 100 grand, <clears throat> and there's no, there's no monthly payments. And things go sideways, and it's much easier for you to be like, all right, now I owe Glenn 110 or 115 or 120, and you've made no payments to me. Mm. You're more likely to walk away from the deal as opposed to every month you have to write me a check for $1,000. So every gotcha. month... You know, there's okay. I got to write Glenn a check for a thousand dollars, and it's still just a hundred. So it just keeps reminding you that you owe me this money, and it, it's just a process that most, almost all hard professional hard money lenders, that's the requirement. You could, really, you could, you make monthly payments. Hmm. Right, right. So you're not requiring the interest payments. So do you do that just to keep things simple? And right. Easy? So, so my idea for private lending early on was, what is my value proposition? Oh, you just got another customer, by the way. <laughs> Bernadette's like, you don't take monthly interest payments. <laughs> oh, is G drinking a seltzer? Yes, I'm drinking a seltzer. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's okay. So, what's my value proposition versus other hard money lenders or private lenders here in the market? Mm-hmm. And there are, there are other market, other people in the market, obviously long before I got here and long after I'm gone. So I thought if I just make it easy for the people, they'd be more likely to use me. So that's why I did the first loan and I just kind of kept going. For the the people who I do loans over and over and over again, it's like, yeah, I would like to get the monthly payments. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I'd rather have somebody who is flipping 10 or 20 or 40 houses a year to just always call me up and say, hey, do you have money? Do you have money? Do you have money? And and a lot of times I don't have money because you run out. And what I do now, a lot of times I split loans. So, and one of the things I really try to promote is this idea of, you know, me paying it forward. I've gotten great experience and, you know, great friendships with people. And my idea of paying it forward is I I want to get other people involved in in hard money because it is really fun. 
know, it is fun to give somebody the money that they make to turn a house from crap to beautiful. And when you watch the process and you know you make your five percent or seven percent or whatever number you make and they make twenty thousand or thirty thousand or forty thousand or a hundred thousand, it's like God bless them. It's like right. that's their skill set. They're very good at it. And right. I'm trying to help them. And I feel like I'm I play a small role in, in, in that process. No, it's true. It's true. And we've done a, a ton of loans sure. from you. No, I bought decent houses. amount. And I bought houses from you? Yes. Yes. But I, I will like, say that yeah, oh, those, yeah, Glenn's lent on some of our stuff, right? Yeah, you don't there's no deal unless there's money. So you're definitely playing a part. Um, and we're going in on, on a couple loans together, which is awesome. So you just people, agreed to $1.2 million at dinner. That's true. That's true. Um, I think we have to work out the details. But, uh... <laughs> so what, what does that mean, splitting loans? So, so let's say somebody comes to me and they're looking for $100,000. <clears> Uh, and I go to my bank account. And my bank account says you don't have a hundred thousand mm. dollars, but you have forty thousand dollars. So I'll do the underwriting of the loan. Effectively, look at the comps, look at uh, where they're purchasing at, where they expect the after repair value to be, what their scope of work is, uh, who their contractors are. <coughs> do the due diligence, and then I'll say, is it okay if I just split the loan with somebody else? And now I can reach out to a network of people who come to meetings who I've met over the last couple of years, who I know have some funds. You know, primarily in their IRAs. A lot of people don't realize that you can take your IRA money and you can move it to a custodian. A custodian is just another company like Fidelity or Schwab. Move it to a custodian who will allow you to invest in real estate and in private loans, private lending. So Schwab and, and Fidelity, they're not going to let you do that. They're going to sell their products, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. But you could take your money if you're not working for the company or if you have an old, uh, an old 401k and IRA, you can move it self to what's called self-directed. And then you could loan the money out and, and we make, you know, generally, the goal is to make 2% of the fee at, at closing and then 1% right. a month. So the idea of 12% mm. interest plus 2%. Plus 2%. <clears throat> so we try to make 14% interest. If you turn your money twice a year, you try to make 15% interest. If you turn your money four times a year, you can make 18% interest. So mm. it really is very, very profitable. Uh, and, wow. and a lot of times, people, people have never done this before. They're very nervous. Uh, but I always say, look, we'll split a loan. So we'll, we'll be in together. We both have a first position lien. So if you, you're borrowing $100,000, it's 50%. So Dom and I are splitting the loan, 50% me, 50% Dom. We both have a, a note and mortgage. God forbid something happens to you, we get the house. And if not, you know, we split the interest exactly 50-50. Exactly and right. it's a great experience. It's very passive. Mm -hmm. uh, except for the due diligence, it's really just kind of like watching the process, how they do it, just right. following up and seeing how everything goes. But it, it, it really is yeah. a lot of fun to, to play a small role in other people's success. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. I think we have three right now, right? Yeah. We have uh, one with you. Mm -hmm. We're splitting a loan. Thank you, Glenn. Which is going to be paid back soon, so I'll, we'll use your money again. Oh, that's Ooh. awesome. Then we have recycling and reusing. We have another I'll one. I'll give you 12% more than I did last time. We, we had a wholesale <laughs> deal. We had a wholesale deal, and we lent to the buyer, yeah. right? Um, and then we made around a $10,000 fee, mm -hmm. which we considered that our points. Okay. We made our wholesale fee, so we didn't charge points on the loan. And how did you, how did you decide to lend to that person? versus anybody else. Because it was a no-brainer due to the asset. It was asset-only right. decision. And, th and that's exactly it. People don't realize when you're doing <clears throat> private lending, you know, people say, oh, what, you know, what do I need to provide you? Well, I'm not, I'm not an institution. It's just me. Me and my team is me. Right. And I don't really care what your credit score is. I don't care what you know, things are on your background. I care about the asset. So right. will this <laughs> asset, if something happens to you, will I be able to get my money back from the asset? So that's really you know, number one. Number two is what's, what's the value of the asset? 
now and what will be the value of the asset later. So right. like you just said, that's correct. the most important thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think we, it was the loan was like 60 or 70% of the asset's value. Is that around accurate? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like a no-brainer loan. Right. We made a fee, we're gonna make some interest and we'll get our money back in the yeah. next few months. Right, and you'll build a client who will come to you and they'll have a great experience and they'll they'll tell you <laughs> tell other people about right. about it as well. And, that's and another if they thing. don't pay it off, I'll just move into it. So it worked out. <laughs> okay, so I'll go ahead and squat. Say, I'll you'll go have to go squat. You'll have to go off and eat cash. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of squatters, but uh, you know, people people do talk about about squatters on Airbnbs once in a while, but uh, yeah, Ooh, that's got to be an interesting. Uh, not going to have Airbnb. That's got to be. I you know what I asked Mark about that uh, within the last week, and I, I don't think that's a. It's an issue. I don't think they get this day. No, they don't because they, the they, cops they, will come they and just take them right out of the they're house. They're supposed to fall under the transient law, like you're a hotel. So when somebody's in your when somebody's in your hotel, and they're not supposed to be. The police come and just take the person out. Mm. Mm. You know, thank God that's you know, we've never dealt with that. Awesome. I've, I've been, so you don't have a squatter issue? Uh, not, today. <laughs> not today. Have you had squatter challenges in your Airbnbs? No. Well, it doesn't know where I'm sleeping. Anymore, have you but. had any air uh, any long term rentals? Uh, I have a couple long term rentals. I, I wound up buying. I wound up buying a house from, let me think, it was uh, Cash Geeks who told me oh. that the house had was empty. And when I got there, there was a tenant. And the tenant, oh. and the tenant was going to live there for another couple months. And I'm, okay, I guess I'll have to You're buy welcome. with the tenant. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes. But they were nice enough to move out when they said they were going to move out. And nice family. And they found another place. Oh, that's the one in 4-4 or 1-0? Four, four, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I now, felt bad now, because Glenn. And, and now we're rehabbing that one. Oh, are you talking about what, like Mob and Hura or whatever? No, 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 no. That was Malcolm. Malcolm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt bad, Glenn, because you, you said you wanted a vacant property, but I did want you to have some cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I actually don't know the story behind that. Well, other paying my interest costs for a month or two. But again, but I, I'm appreciative because I did buy another house that came with tenants that I wound up buying from another wholesaler. And I was talking to Gonzalo, and Gonzalo said, hey, you know, that's a, that's a great house for. You know, one of our buyers who's a hedge fund, and I said, okay, well, you know, what do you think we can sell it for? And Gonzalo was nice enough to say, well, I think we can sell it for this amount of money. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're not going to sell it for that amount of money. And my God, he did. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Can, can you give the numbers? <laughs> sure, sure. I bought on that because I, I think the, people I are bought, curious. I bought the house for 140,000 um, from a wholesaler, and Gonzalo said that he could sell the house for 200. Did the wholesaler assign it to you? The wholesaler assigned it, but they actually had to close on it because of a title issue. So they okay. had to close on it and then do a double close. So okay. I paid I paid roughly 140. Gonzalo says he could sell it for 200. I owned the house for a month and a half. And I'm like, if you could sell it for 200, no problem. <laughs> and he wound up selling it for $220,000. <laughs> he took $10,000 because he was nice enough to take a $10,000 fee. And I said, my God, you are my new best friend. <laughs> the only reason he took the 10000 is because he knew you would feel bad for him like we didn't want to take 10,000. Oh no no no. Gonzalo asked for 15,000 and I had to I had to do some jujitsu and, and Well, he thought you 10, felt extra well, bad. He didn't was, know you felt regular bad. Yeah, I thought it was really 200,000. I was playing with the house point. money. I was yeah. playing with the house money. But but Look so, at Will Whitley. Will Will's the Will one who transacted it. that with the hedge fund. That's, you know Will. Yeah, uh, I know Will. Yeah. I, I do appreciate Will's calls. So Will gives me a call one day and says, "Hey, we have this house. We haven't sent it to anybody." We're going to give you an hour to go see the house. And if you don't buy it in an hour, we're going to send it out to real people. So, <laughs> so you have so, to appreciate so it. I go to see the house and I walk through the house. This is a house on Aldridge uh, off Beach Boulevard, tiny house, 770 square feet. 
about 10 minutes from the beach, 10 minutes from Mayo. Oh, we sold that to you, yeah. And uh, too cheap. And uh, We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walked to the house, and I'm like, if I don't buy this house, somebody else is going to buy it in an hour. <laughs> so I had to buy the house. That's awesome. <laughs> and what was, was nice was to negotiate a $4,000 reduction. So yes. from 129 to 125. And I will tell you, I rehabbed the house and adjust the price at 215. Jeez. So, That's good though. Yeah, you know, so kudos to my contractor for making a nice uh, nice rehab and yep. kudos to Cash Geeks for a good deal. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now it's going to be a great Airbnb. I'm going to refi it out. Yeah, I'll get uh, all If we were buying at that time, we probably would have kept that one. Yeah, we could have kept that one. That's a great one because yeah. that one will be able to successfully get all my money out. At 215 right, with right. a 75 with even a 70% loan to value, I'll be able to get my entire 150-ish money out. I'll have a perfect burr, you know, from bigger pockets, the whole buy, rehab, yeah, yeah. rent, refinance, and repeat. repeat. Be a perfect burr. I'll have almost no equity in there. So the cash on cash return there will infinite, be almost yeah. infinite. Yeah. Right. So that'll be a great one. And that's again tiny house, but it's 15 minutes from the beach, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes from Mayo Clinic. You know, it'll do very well, even even at a very cheap price. And that and to me that would be a perfect Airbnb. Because even if I have to do a long term tenant in there, that that long term rent will be fifteen hundred right. bucks. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think the reason why we undersold that one is because it was right in a weird pocket where there was no comps. Right. So, it, it's an entire rental or homeowner yes, neighborhood. There's yeah, no yes. sales. No in fact, sales, in fact, one of the neighbors no came comps. over. One of the neighbors came over and hey, you know, I own six houses on this block. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm willing to sell you every house at two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. That's like, yeah, it's probably a little too high. Dude, can so. let's let's wholesale together, man. Yeah. I got a, you're, you're I, got 14, a big buyer. I got a big buyer. <laughs> nah, these oh. these are three ones. They're not gonna they're not gonna work. Mm. And they're tiny. Yeah, the whole right. neighborhood was built yeah, back in the yeah, yeah. Yeah. back back tiny. when three ones were yeah, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, so there was no comps, and we're like, shit, it's close to the beach. It's got to sell. Let's call Glenn. <laughs> we I think we added like I think we made like twenty five on it or something like that. Uh, maybe, we, added, yeah. we added like twenty five grand on it. I don't think I see those numbers sometimes, right? Because the wholesale fees aren't on the HUDs if you close on it, correct? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, So double I'm close. not sure if that we was double close. We don't count our money. That's true. So we double close. But I will now. tell you, I loved counting other people's money, especially <laughs> when it comes to wholesale. It's because God knows that it's like when you pay a $25,000 wholesale fee, you're like $25,000. But if the numbers work, they work. You know, right, don't, right, don't count other people's right. money. But I love, but you always love, do. I love you the story. Do. I bought a house from a wholesaler. He paid one twelve. I paid one thirty seven. So he made twenty five thousand dollars for, for. And again, from your, from my perspective, it's like, oh, you made twenty five thousand dollars for a phone call. It's right. like, no, you didn't see the ten thousand other effing phone calls that we made right, and right, all the right. stuff that we have to go through. Yeah. Uh, but. If it were, if the numbers work for you, who cares? It's right. a deal it ecosystem. Matter. It's a delicate deal ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So so uh, you know, being in the Airbnb investor realm, and you're you're buying, and you know you don't remodel and sell. If you remodel, you're going to try to keep it for Airbnb Correct. primarily. Correct. Right. Yeah. Just like the experience you just talked to us. Yeah. About. Only very few, <laughs> very few houses have I kind of you know flipped for for retail price. Now, this market is ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I, I'm a realtor now. I decided to get my license, which is something I definitely recommend for people early on because if you buy one house and you get your own commission back, you make your money for a couple of years. And it's, it's, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. And I wound, up, I wound up buying a property. <clears throat> I, got, I got paid $10,000 at closing yeah. my own commission. It was like, this is just genius. <laughs> so, but you know, now I hang my license at a company called JPAR. Mm -hmm. And you know, they are really very active you know, retail realtors. You know, the, the last month of the month before, I think there were 10 people in the office who had done a million dollars in sales that month. Wow. You know, really people who know what they're doing. You know, Sean O'Neill has done a, a great job making a great team. Yeah. And you see the market. And last month, 
Last month, 45% of the houses in Jacksonville sold for above the asking price. And it's like, this, this cannot go on forever. This has been a straight, almost a straight up bull market for you know, seven to 10 years. Uh, the question is what happens when you know, things start cooling down? Right. So, and then that's, and that's always the question of, most of the people in the real estate have not seen that. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. JWB has been in the market for 07. Yeah, they, they saw a crappy market early on, but they've, they've been selling invested houses to invested for 10 years straight up. Right. Uh, so right. what happens if and when the market does turn? It's, it's yeah. something just to be aware of. And again, it just goes back to risk and reward. You know, my risk my risk profile is I want to keep houses at a certain price point. I don't want to buy a million dollar house on the beach that that might make me $150,000 net, but I might lose you know, lose fifty or $100,000 if I have to sell. God forbid I had to sell it in a down market or God forbid Airbnb doesn't work or they change the regulations. I mean, that's another thing to be aware of is, is regulations can change in different municipalities that can have a significant effect on on Airbnb. Right right, right, right. So one of the questions. Yeah, I think Hayden was in elementary school the last downturn. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I was eight. <laughs> yeah. So one of the questions I wanted to ask is, once people know you as an investor with cash, people come in your direction. They're sending you deals. They're sending you properties. They want to borrow from you. They know who, they, people in this market, everyone mm -hmm. knows each other. It, it, I mean, it's not a small circle of people, but it feels like a small per, uh, circle. Everyone knows who the active individuals are. So you got a deal from us. It was a great deal. It could be a perfect bird, nearly inf infinite cash flow. How many deals go in your direction like that? Not many. And how frequent? One not, a year, yeah, two not, a year, where you're like, you know I, what? That's a good ass right. deal. I, I, a couple, a couple a year, I would say. But the vast majority of people who know me, either as an Airbnb operator or as a private money lender, they're coming <clears> to me because they want to get into the Airbnb business and like to learn how to do it, or they have a deal themselves. You know, they're not coming to me saying, hey, I got a great deal. Would you like it? You know, right. So I, I'm, I'm splitting alone. With, I, I went to Orange Park <clears throat> yesterday, the day before. Somebody who I'd never met was referred to me. Uh, they got a deal. You know, they're buying a house for effectively $150,000. That's a $250,000 house that doesn't need that much. You know, maybe it needs $15,000 mm. in, uh, in repair. And right. it's like they're going to make great money out of 50, 60 grand. So you don't really need that many of them to, to you know, have a nice life. Absolutely. You know, so it's a three-two. It's a what, perfect what? house for a hedge fund. Mm. <laughs> but but the, so that, the, that's the segue well, to the next question. The where, where are these sweet referrals at? You know, you're getting these deals. Again, I'm only getting the deal well, from, a le from a lender point of view. Income, <laughs> let's make some active. Active income. is the new passive. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be active, and you can still be passive. Yeah. Active income equals higher taxes. <laughs> passive income is lower taxes. That's so, true. so That's trying true. to so trying to do more of the passive investing, you know, making money actively, you know, taking your salary, putting the money in the four hundred one k, the IRAs, right. solo the solo four hundred one ks, and uh, and then you know, as time goes on, trying to build up more of the retirement accounts so that the money becomes either tax deferred with regular IRAs or tax free with Roth IRAs. And there, are, and that's one of the things I love talking about. You come to one of our meetings, and there's always somebody talking about Roth IRAs and how you can get more money into Roth IRAs, and eventually you live a tax-free income, a tax-free income of life. You know, that's a good thing to talk about real quick because we're getting close to the tail end. We have about ten or eleven minutes, but you run a monthly meeting, right? A monthly real estate meeting here in Jacksonville or close to it, Fleming Island. Right. So uh, when I came down to, well, I live in Fleming Island, and I found that there was a monthly meeting on Fleming Island. So I went to the meeting. It was uh, run by a woman named Deb Racknell. Mm -hmm. You know, she used to go to the Jack Freya meetings and uh, wanted to run her own meetings because she wasn't a big fan of the uh, you know selling your stuff at all the monthly meetings. Right, so she, right, she, right. she she ran her own meetings, and 
Yeah, there weren't a lot of people at it, six people, 10 people, whatever. Unfortunately, she got sick and I was asked to take over the meeting and I'm, I've slowly grown the meetings. Yeah, so now we bring in speakers. We had a CPA this month. We had 50 people show up. Dude, I'd say uh, it's the hottest meetup little thing. Right, the hottest index. thing not called Yellowbird. So, uh, well, it, I, I don't not, think it's equivalent. It's of not, course not. I mean, it, Yellowbird's right, right. insane. I mean, God bless Kyle. They well, do a great job with, with the size and effort right, that they put right, into right. it. And it really is, you have to go to Yellowbird meetings. It's just a have-to-do thing every oh, month 100%, you know, when it happens. 100%. But for the area meetings, it's a great area meeting. Yes. Oh, it's crazy. For the, that's what I meant, like in that yeah, category no. of like yeah. area meetings. Lunch meetups, dinner meetups. Meetup. Yeah, but like not it's, even that. Like it's, it's during a, lunch. It's a Tuesday at 11 a.m. Yeah, and there's lunch. like 40 people right, right, generally. Right. It's, yeah. it's, and the goal, the goal is awesome. not just to get the people there, but to say, to tell people. Sell them products. Well, it's the value. <laughs> I don't sell them anything. Yeah, they wouldn't come if, right. if there the was value. The value is in the people who are there. And I joke about the fact that I talk. The meeting doesn't start till the meeting is over. Right. The real meeting right. starts when it's over and you could talk to people. What do you do? And I love nothing more than sitting around the table of people and say, you know, I did a split loan with him. I borrowed money from him. Right. He's my rehabber. He's this, she's that. And just it's a, it's a family event where you just get to know people and not just in real estate, but you get to know their lives. And it's just, it is yeah. a wonderful yeah. experience. No, that's yeah. awesome. So the meeting doesn't start till the meeting ends. Mm. So when does the meeting that's a post. start? That's it's kind that's of like a real like network. So when does the meeting like end? Does the meeting end meeting, when it starts? Right? The meeting ends when the last person and honestly, it starts at eleven. It starts at eleven thirty. One of the one of my favorite things is somebody somebody had said to me a couple months ago that if you don't get there by eleven fifteen, you don't get a good seat. It's true. Ooh, so, yeah. it's true. so it was pretty funny. I remember and I, getting there late. And I, yeah. Right, Gonzalo had come. Right, Gonzalo came. He was like, "My God, Fleming Island's like so far away." Dude, it was like a forty-five in. minute drive, and I walk in. And I get like the worst seat in that in the in <laughs> the like big ass back. square. Oh, you were still people. in the square, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. there's been times I've been uh, ostracized to like the bar. It's a 45 minute drive from here. No. Well, from Arlington, I think where it was in Arlington yeah. it was far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, you got to go get over the Buckman. <clears throat> you know, one of the one of the things, of course, when you live in Fleming Island or on the other side of the river, is people are like, oh, cross the Buckman. Who the hell crosses the Buckman during right. the day? I'm not crossing the Buckman. <laughs> First, I'm from New York. It's like I, I didn't drive 80 miles an hour for 25 years. So the idea of driving 80 miles an hour on 295, I love it. Cool, cool, cool. So in a very quick one or two sentences, in real estate, other than Airbnb and private money lending, what else did you try? Uh, I've done a couple flips. You've done um, some flips. I'm not a big fan of that. I have not a couple. A I have a couple long-term tenants. Okay. Uh, long-term. A couple long-term okay. tenants. Rental. Uh, that you know just happen to be houses they have. They're in houses I live, I own, and I'll just keep them. I'll keep them for now. Well, when does your course come out? Your real estate? No, course? I'm not. We, we don't. We don't <laughs> sell. We don't sell anything. Oh, you're not getting no, into I'm, that. I'm a big okay. again. I'm a big fan of of spending money on education as long as you're using it. So, mm. I went to a seminar. I went to a seminar last month. Uh, I'm going to a seminar in September down in Tampa by one of the the Tampa gurus, a guy named Pete Fortunato. Who oh, does nice. all creative financing stuff? This is a guy who's been doing real estate for 50 years. Yep, and yep. you go down there not just to learn from him, because a lot of times you go there and a lot of stuff's over over your head. Yep. But it's really just to meet people. Because I mean they really do they say it all the time. Your <clears> net worth <throat> is your network. You right. need to meet people and find out what they do and, and just talk to people. It's great. And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a seminar in October to learn about property management. The guy up in Atlanta named David Tilney. Uh, does a famous property management course called Master Leasing. 
Mm. Else, I want to learn about that. You know, I'm in the process of you know, taking my broker exam because I want to become a real estate broker. I'm not really sure why, except that I want. I just want to keep learning. So the whole right, idea is right, I want right, to. Right. You know, not as I get older, it, it gets well, harder. It sounds like the the more things you incorporate, the more options you'll have. Correct, and that's exactly and it. Because knows? I don't because I don't know. And you know, like my wife likes to joke, after five years, I'll get bored. Well, maybe I'll get bored with the Airbnbs and I'll need something right, else to do. Right. Or I'll get bored with the private lending. And the private lending, you're not going to get bored. Private lending is wonderful. Uh, everybody should do private lending because <laughs> the goal after you build up your assets is to try to grow them, you know, grow them slowly but carefully you know, over time. Right, right. So I don't, I don't know what the future holds as far as where to be. But in real estate, you know, there's tax liens there. I mean, there's so many different things to do it. And just, you, you know, mobile homes, you could, you could go to a meeting, have five people there, and they do five different things, and they would never do what anybody else is doing there because they all love what they're doing. You, you know what I love I on love that same sale. note? At those same meetings, you can have five different people that all do the same thing, but they do them entirely differently. Okay. And they're all incredibly successful. Right. And, and that's another thing. It's like when you, you meet real estate people, people just love, like I said, love talking about real estate, love telling you success stories about real estate, and you know, always willing to help. And that, that's one of the things yeah. that I find strange about, about mm -hmm. the industry. Just people are always willing to help you. And as you grow your network, and you know, I can reach, I can reach out to you know, one of you know, fifty people. Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, can you recommend that? And that that has been really wonderful here in Jacksonville. Right. right, right. So, so you do the Airbnbs. You like that? You like the the private money lending? You uh, maybe you like long term lending, but you're not a big fan. But you're certainly not a fan of flipping. Is that right Correct. so far? Correct. Strat is it straddles on GameStop? And <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything else that? you are looking forward to wanting to try out? Well, you said the broker exam. You don't know what that's going to bring. But is there anything else that you might want to invest in or anything that you're looking forward to? Well, from to? a private lender point of view, the question is, do you raise, go out and raise capital? So there are plenty of people out there who have a business mm -hmm. where they raise between 10 and $50 million of individuals, and they put it into their own fund, and they just loan it out at a much larger scale. Uh, and they make a lot of money. I mean, you can make a million dollars a year doing that. The question is, mm. do you want to do that and have a staff of six to 12 people? And and how much of that becomes a job versus how much how much do I enjoy the fact that being an entrepreneur, you know, I have made you know, almost every one of my kids' baseball games for his entire life. Right. So, and that that's what I value more than money is time. Mm. You know, everybody has different amounts of money. Everybody has the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And the Airbnb business is fairly passive. You know, my property manager, who I love to death, you know, lets lets me do as, be as active as I want. And the private lending is very passive. And that's what I value as, as I get older. That's what I value now. If I was twenty years younger, I'd be kicking your asses in wholesaling, uh, but I'm not, and I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy the fruits mm, of my labor. Easy to say. <laughs> easy to this say. This is the MJ LeBron debate going on right now. Right. So, so Naaman, our friend Naaman says that uh, Glenn would blow up on IG if he wanted to. He's got a great personality. Mm. So is that what you're going to do next? At least I know what IG is, okay? But I'm, I'm, I'm well out of the demographic. Ooh, what is it? Instant gratification? Instagram, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was um, so are you in? For what? Let's, let's make you a... Uh... An, an Are you IG. on Instagram? Glenny no. V. No. You're not. Glenny, but you're on Facebook. Glenny oh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. okay. Again, when, again when, when, Is there a chance you'd ever make an Instagram? If so, if somebody if somebody would help, I would do it. Uh, but oh. but I would never do it myself. Oh, we got a okay. I got a guy right there. Glenny's an Instagram. I, I didn't want to say anything, but you 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just up. No confrontation. Awesome. So, Glenn, really quickly, so I think there's a lot of people that are fascinated with the path that you've taken. They're really excited. We're having a lot of com comments. Glenn, the influencer. Yeah, you're going to be the biggest social media influencer, Glenn. Blow past all of us for sure. Um, if people want to reach out to you, they just want to pick your brain. You know, how can they reach you? Sure, I'm, I'm very active on Facebook. Uh, you can just you can just find Glenn Friedman. You know, the the reason I'm on Facebook is my full name, Glenn Scott Friedman, is because when I first got on Facebook, there was there's a famous photographer named Glenn Friedman. Okay. And I would get calls mm. in New York, hey, are you the Glenn Friedman photographer? And, really? You know, no uh, way. You know, he That's had a book fun. called Fuck You Heroes. And I'm like, oh, I don't really need, I don't really need this. My young kids <laughs> listen to this. So, uh, so it's Glenn Scott Friedman on Facebook. Uh, the name of my company is Gramercy Union, uh, which is named for two neighborhoods I lived in New York, Gramercy Park and Union Square. Oh, I didn't oh, so, realize that. So, so it's gramercyunion.com. Oh. And you can just you know, reach out to me. And obviously, I'd love to get together for coffee and you know, kind of give you a little couple, couple nuggets and, and you know, help you out. And if they want to come to your uh, monthly meetup, how do they do that? Right. So the Whitey's meeting is, is on the fourth Tuesday of the month. Every fourth Tuesday of the month, sometimes there are five Tuesdays. It's not the last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It's always the fourth Tuesday of the month, 1130 to 1. I think you can always reach out. I, I try to post on Bigger Pockets. I try to post on Meetup. Yep. Uh, obviously, you guys help me out a lot with posting, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm more than um, happy to do it. And that's at Whitey's Fish Camp. Whitey's Fish Camp. The food is great. Fleming Island. Yeah, food is great. You know, one time, one time when I had a successful flip, I wound up buying lunch for everybody. You know, unbeknownst mm -hmm. to them, uh, the, at the end of the, it's like, yeah, I, I You're like, ah, oh, I should have ordered the, the steak. <laughs> I should have ordered the big clams so, so, and not the side of fries. So you just sold a house that you bought at one forty for two hundred. Are you gonna buy everybody lunch? Next I am. Time? Not uh, not. When you come, I'll I'll, when you I'll come, I'll buy everybody lunch. <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, that that was that's an indication that the market is really at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Glenn had some hope until that happened. He's like, oh yeah. no, it's done. Yeah. Party's over. I appreciate it. that was that was great money, but uh, dude, I remember <laughs> talking to Glenn. He's like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I didn't believe it until the wire hit the bank, and I was like, dude. holy cow! <laughs> you really are a magician. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Why not, Glenn? Right? Why not? So, I did it for you. And and again, it's full circle, Gonzalo. My first Jack's Jack's meeting I'd ever gone to, Gonzalo was the speaker. It was a Tuesday night meeting, talked about wholesaling, get all this passion. And at the end of the meeting, I joined Jack's Free and I said, This is this is the place to be. Yeah. It's a great no, place. No. I can't say in wholesaling, but uh Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I love it. But and it's, it. it's it's been great. And, and you guys have been great to me and I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Dude, I remember I was like, uh, so what do you do, Glenn? He's like Eh, I'm just trying to learn everything. I lent money to JWB. I'm getting 10% of my money. Then I bought a house from JWB to see the other side of it. I was like, damn, okay. This, this guy's trying to, he's like, yeah, I've been here for like two months. I was like, holy shit. He was like, so if I gave you a million bucks, what'd you do? I'm like, holy fuck, dumb. We got to get this guy in the office. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Glenn came to the office and we had a, like a wholesale training thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, was, it was a one day wholesale that's training. That's scared him yep. away from wholesaling. Yeah, yeah, he's but, like. But I, I stupidly did not invest in your company. I should have at the time. Mm, there you go. Yep. Did we look for investors? We talked about it. We talked about did it. We? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I don't think you were too keen. I think you could you could tell now. But we we talked about the idea of buying into the company at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, Glenn, are you buying more with banks' money right now with the crazy interest rates? I'm trying to refinance everything. So right now, I am working with a working with a lender up in the Carolinas for a what's called a portfolio loan. So I'm trying to refinance several of the properties I bought recently, along with another property I owned a couple of years. They're, they're offering me a 30-year 
fixed rate mortgage, 4.35% in my LLC, which is kind of unheard wow. of. Really now good. you could get great rates if you have a W-2 income, you can get the threes. When you're doing investment properties yeah. with LLCs, yeah. mainly in the fives, in the fives yeah, uh, right. is what you're gonna get. They're offering me 4.35. It's like, if I could do four, four houses, that'd be awesome. Right. Next month at the Whitey's meeting, we're having a, a mortgage broker talk, and mm. he has a 40-year loan product. 10 years Jeez. interest only, followed by a 30-year fixed rate. Who is this? Uh, I'm not telling you, but you come to the Whitey's meeting, oh, and, you know, awesome. and you'll right, learn about awesome. some fascinating mortgage products that are out there uh, that are I'm only fairly going for new. The free lunch. <laughs> I go to the Whitey's meetings. I know. So, so the refinance, <laughs> are you refinancing cash properties? Are you refinancing out of other loans into that product? One is out of another loan. So generally what I try to do is, I mean, I also developed a, I also got a line of credit with Lending Home because again, you run out of money. Yep. So you get a line of credit with Lending Home. When a deal comes, like the deal with you guys had, had brought me, you know, I, I send the information to Lending Home. They're willing to give me 90% of the purchase price right off the bat. I have to bring 10% down. It's a one-year loan, and I try to refinance out as soon as the seasoning period to get to a long. The mm. goal is long-term money. Glenn, are you are you wholesaling interest rates? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, twelve and wholesale? two, four <laughs> percent. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is arbitrage there somehow. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yep. I love the the split model though. That's really cool. It oh, is. Exactly. It is true. Like we'll probably get paid back and be like, yeah, Glenn. Right. Well, what else can you do? Because once it? you see yeah. that the once you see that it works, people are like just keep my money and just right, right. You know, yeah, find yeah. them a loan. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but yeah. but as of right now, I have more loans than money. You know, the, I I I want to be able to balance it and I want to be able to kind of grow the business, but not grow it so much where all of a sudden it becomes a hassle and a job. Right. But Glenn's the ultimate salesman because yeah, the the loan will you know it will finish. You'll get your money and then I'll take the rest of it and I'll put in another loan for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just assuming the sale. Which is amazing. <laughs> Assuming the close, right? Yeah. There you yeah, go. I'll there you go. But close. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. We have no choice. Yes. Cool, man. Awesome. So thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate and being invited. We will see you uh, if you are in Jacksonville. We will see you the fourth Tuesday of next month um, at Whitey's Fish Camp in Fleming Island. Um, and we love having you on, man. Every single time we we Blast. hop on. I, I always learn something uh, new. I thought I like had We're gonna an get idea your IG up and running leaning, here soon. <laughs> leading up to this show, I really thought I had a good synopsis of what the background might be, and I'm lost. I'm lost for words. It's really, really, it's unreal. This guy, awesome. Yeah, come back. Oh, thank you. Please. Cool. Jordan. So, um, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Please reach out to Glenn. He's um, he's an open book. So. Um, we will see you guys next Tuesday at 9 p.m. We have a special guest. Who that is? We, Do we don't know? know. Do we know? I can pull it up. Uh, is next week? It's not. Oh, is that your brother? Is that I think. Diego? I think it's your brother next week. Yeah, pretty certain. I think it's on a Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So scratch that. Not next Tuesday. Next week um, is actually going to be on a Wednesday. Uh, my brother's coming into town that Wednesday. Still so 9 p.m. So yeah. we're going to have him on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And um, can't wait for that. Glenn, thanks again. Guys, I'm G. And I'm Dom. And this is the Cash Geeks Network. Network. Peace. Good night.